Lights, camera, action. Hello, Internet, and welcome to Table Reads, the podcast where we take scripts that have never been filmed and read them so that you might experience the joy of terrible writing that Hollywood has tried to deny you. Your hosts on this tour of unproduced dreck are Sean McBee and me, Trevor Thompson, who have written enough terrible nonsense together and apart that it should keep this show running forever. Yes, forever. And on page 31 of urban folktale here in the third part of that particular script beginning to think that may go on forever yeah forever and ever and ever we we real i just realized looking over the script here we bailed pretty much in the middle of a scene yeah that's okay i just like that last line he fucking left with his apron on <laughs> yeah that was a good scene it's it's what we call a cliffhanger in the industry, Trevor. A yeah. cliffhanger. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've uh, never actually uh, hung around before. I mean, I hung around a bar, but I uh, never uh, was never a hanger there. You know. So yes, uh, uh, a cliffhanger, Trevor, Get it? is Get it? it harkens back to the days of the serials when uh, you would leave an adventure with a hero literally hanging from a cliff and wondering how he was going to survive. Yes, and my, you would have to wait until the next week to find out. I understand that. My reference was I was trying to do Cliff from Cheers. Oh, I thought you were doing Norm MacDonald. No, nah, Norm nah, MacDonald is more like this. You know? oh, yeah, you're doing... There's a song. Yeah, you're, uh, you, you, need to, you need to bring Cliff, you know, more more up here. Yeah, you know. Yeah. You, you, were, you, were, you were rumbling around. Hey. Yeah, yeah, you, you were rumbling around down here like 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 Norm Macdonald, but 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 Cliff is uh you know he's up here. You, you, your Cliff was bad. Yeah, go back and listen later. You'll no, see. No, no, you'll be right. like, oh shit, I, he's I, right. I'm, that sounds like Norm. You're right. So um, recap part one: two mopey assholes. Oh my god. God damn it. They, yeah, they were. I mean, we just the last few episodes you've you've been listening folks have been paying attention, dude. It the the the, the reason the real reason it their douchiness, the two characters in this uh Norman and Nikon, the reason their douchiness hurts so much is because we so wanted to be these guys on some level. Yeah. And when it's such a ref- yeah, some, it's such a reflection some, of us. There's some good scenes uh coming up. Uh maybe not in this episode, but at some point in the script where uh, Norman and Nikon get some uh, some good lines in that I'd be happy to deliver even to this day, I think, if I remember them properly. I probably don't. Never mind. It's probably all terrible. Will you be, um, will you be alerting us as to when those lines come up, when and if? They'll be the ones where you're like, that's actually pretty good. All right. That's a, that's a good way to call it. Yeah. That's a good method, Sean. Um, I like so I'm, I'm specifically thinking of uh, Norman confronting, uh, I believe it's Hank in Perk. Hank, what, what but that, I... that scene might be shitty. I don't know. But I remember thinking it was cool back back in the day. So basically, so, um, Norm, was, um, Norm was at work and he left with his apron on to go call his girlfriend. Actually, I'm going to do a quick recap yeah, of the whole quick. thing. Norman and Nikon, they're two mopey assholes. Uh, Norman's dating a bitch that cheats on him named Kristen, who is a horrible slut. Uh, though a m- girl named Michelle 
is in love with him. He has no idea. Nikon, meanwhile, is friends with Michelle and loves this girl named Sterling who shoots him down twice. Um, they work for Randall, doing dishes two hours a day in exchange for a free place to live. He's the best guy in the world. And even Howie, his employee, doesn't want to hang out with him. And he's actually also a holdover from uh, episode three, I think, of uh, of this show, Aftermath. Uh, yes, he, Randall, he, Randall is a recurring character from episode three. It was Aftermath, uh, which was a prequel to this movie. Yes. To a prequel to another movie that also didn't get made. <laughs> yes, yes, we uh, we we may not have pretty much ever made anything, but all the stuff we didn't make is fucking woven, man. Yeah, it's a continuous piece of shit. If it's a piece of shit, a continuous imaginary piece of shit that never happened or <laughs> seen by anyone. Yes, well, it's not imaginary anymore now because CP- that's true. Yes, that's now- true. We we made it now. We yes. made it. Exactly. We're on iTunes. So, so that I don't mean like we made it. I mean we we made the script yes. into a different thing than we, originally intended, but still. So let's continue. Making episode it. three is a prequel to all these other podcasts. Wow, they're making up this one. Shit, man, we just got deep. Yeah, dude, that's deep. All right, so let's finish. Let's start on page thirty-one with. Uh, uh, Norman and Nikon's apartment day. Yes. So Nikon jumps cut to <clears throat> interior. Norman and Nikon's apartment day. Norman is still on the phone, pacing around. Turning over a new leaf, are we? He's he's talking. He's talking to Kristen on the phone. By the way, he's he's just pro- asked to spend time with her, which was her big complaint with him. If you don't remember, which you should, because you probably just listened to this a week ago. You can maintain stuff that long. Yeah, come on, man. Turning over a new leaf, are we? I promised I would. It'll be nice to see more of you anyway. So let's say your place, about 45 minutes. Cut to interior, Kristen's apartment, same. Kristen is sitting up in bed, wearing an oversized football jersey. Probably didn't get that from Mike Norman. She's still on the phone. Next to her, still asleep, is a naked, well-built man. His name is Steve. Sounds good. See you in a little no, bit. No, no, no. She's I know. With I, her. I, just, I just want her voice to now be forevermore the phone voice. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. See you in a little bit. Bye. She hangs up the phone and rolls over to the man. She leans down by his ear and gently bites his ear le- earlobe. <laughs> Steve, nom, 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 nom. wake up. He rolls over and puts an ar- his arm around her. Be quick, okay? Cut two. God, what a fucking... This is what we thought of women. Yeah. We shouldn't judge her. We should judge us. Yeah. That we could write a woman Well, this. she was based somewhat She was on... based on a real person named Kristen. Yeah. So... Exterior uh... downtown day. <clears throat> yes. Nikon is walking down the street reading Catcher in the Rye because we can't let that fucking go. Flashes of red light occasionally illuminate the wall beside him. The lights go unnoticed until he gets close enough that the light directly catches his eye. He looks up to discover several police cars, an ambulance, and a forensics truck in a cordoned-off area directly in his path. Wow, he is really into that book. 
Looking between two of the cars, he sees a red-stained white sheet covering what can only be a human body. Some police are taking photos, and a suspect is being shoved by two cops into the back of a cruiser. Suspect, get your motherfucking hands off me! I didn't do nothing! I got AIDS, motherfucker! I'll bite you! And you want AIDS? Take your goddamn hands off me! (laughs) That's great. (laughs) Go ahead. A police officer steps into Nikon's line of sight. Dig it down the road. This ain't a peep show. But I, I live right over it. Well, you'll have to go around. But around. Nikon nods and starts off down a side alley. Exterior. Alley. Same. Nikon continues down the alley, looking less than pleased with the police. Yeah. Is that fucking pigs? <laughs> How dare they... Enforce. Cordon off a murder scene. What a dick. Uh, looking less than pleased with the police. He glances over his shoulder at the blue and red lights that are still dancing behind him and trips over something, falling face first to the ground. Ow. Fuck. He gets into a sitting position and brushes off his hands, noticing that he skinned his palms. As he looks at his hands, he sees just past them what he tripped over. Oh, I bet we were going to do it like a rack focus thing. Yeah. A beat up old record player. He crawls over to it, a huge smile on his face. Holy shit. Look at you. He looks around and noticing that it was part of a pile of old newspapers and broken shelving, picks it up. It's bound to be in perfect shape. He stands and, looking over the record player one more time, sprints off toward home. Cut to interior, Norman and Nikon's apartment, day. Norman walks out of the bathroom brushing his teeth. He goes to the coffee table and picks up his wallet and puts it in his pocket before continuing his brushing. What the fuck do I need to put all that in there for? On his way to his room, the front door flies open, nearly knocking the toothbrush down his throat. As he is about to punch whoever just burst through the door, he notices that it's Nikon and stops himself. Nikon, what the fuck? It's actually written he, that way for once. Yeah. Nikon, what the fuck? Yeah. He goes in the bathroom and spits out the toothpaste. Nikon, what the fuck are you doing, man? You almost killed me. Dude, check this out. Nikon goes over to the stereo and begins to hook the record player in. Norman, toothbrush still in hand, Peers over Nikon's shoulder. Is that what I think it is? It is if you think it's a record player. Can I ask you a serious question? No. What do we need with a record player? We have tapes and CDs. We have seven CDs and one tape. And zero records. Nikon runs into his room, returning a moment later with a copy of John Lennon and the Plastic Ono Band. He runs one finger over the record player's needle, It emits a scratch. He turns to Norman and, with a haughty air, pulls the record from its seat. (laughs) A haughty air. Oh, my God. Finish the sentence. And with a haughty air, pulls the record from its sleeve. Correction. Seven CDs, one tape, and one record. Now sit down and listen to this one song. I can't. I'm meeting Kristen. Where did you get the record anyway? Nikon puts the record on the turntable, turns around, and looks Norman directly in the eye. Oh, my God. 
It was the last thing. My oh, line. Sorry. <laughs> I just got wrapped up in it. It was the last thing my dad gave me before he died. Norman immediately sits down. <clears throat> what am I listening to? John Lennon. That fucking peace-freak hippie granola bastard. Nikon finds the track and puts it on. It fades in slowly, as per its nature. Oh, fuck you. Oh, it's from Love. Okay, never mind. It's a song called Love. Nikon sits on the floor and, closing his eyes... I don't know how we thought we were going to get the money to fucking play the song in the movie. Dude, I researched it and shit. I was like, I was like, oh, maybe if Yoko reads the script and she sees how important it is that she'll give us the rights to it. <laughs> I almost choked. <laughs> dude, dude, it's painful to think about how stupid we were. Especially when you consider how smart we thought we were. Well, especially when you consider how smart we actually were compared to everyone else our age. That's a fine point, I guess. Like a Sharpie. Wow. That was a weird noise. Nikon sits on the floor and, closing his eyes, soundlessly mouths every word to the song. Fucking Norman, meanwhile, listens to the song with rapt attention. <laughs> How great would that be if it was raptor attention? <laughs> <laughs> the song finally ends, and Nikon removes the needle from the record. When he looks over at Norman, the latter's eyes are wide, staring off into nothing. Norman, are you okay? Oh, God. Norman looks up at Nikon, snapping out of his daze. Your dad gave that to you? Yeah, I was 12, and my first girlfriend, Sarah, just broke up with me. So, of course, I went to my dad and asked him how you knew you were in love. We all think we're in love with the first one. Exactly. Well, dad said that men far greater than him had come up short on words when it came to love. He said there was someone who couldn't explain it in simple, universal terms. He gave me the record and told me to listen to the track called Love. It changed my life. Yeah, you're a dick now. <laughs> <laughs> you're a fucking loveless prick. And you blame everyone else for fucking not loving you, but you contribute nothing to society or to any relationship you're in. Trevor. Man, you know, I really wish that I had intentionally evoked that... <laughs> feeling about that character what do you mean that would have made me a great writer <laughs> yeah right if we had made yeah this script would have been okay if at some point someone realizes all this yeah <laughs> like what i just said and michelle just goes off and she finds somebody who's like way better and then like all of them just leave each other you know what michelle hooks up with randall the two decent people in the fucking script yeah. <laughs> no one wants Sterling to hang out and Kristen go off and start a fucking co-op no one wants to hang with randall but fucking he hooks up with a young 20 something little girl that's fucking hot which makes him an asshole because he is married to barbara barbara <laughs> bring me some cocoa in my bone cup barbara <laughs> um read those last two lines again uh where were we with he gave me the record Where? Your big chunk of text. You want me to do all that again? The big chunk of Nikon dialogue. 
No, read the last two lines. Starting with, he gave me the record. He gave me the record and told me to listen to the track called Love. Changed my life. I think it just changed mine. Jesus Christ. Cut to title card. And how douchey is it? How douchey is it? Hold on, I have to read your douchey title card. All these title cards are you, and I have to read this. Cut to title card. I have taken life by the hand. It's fragile, like the hourglass sand. Jesus. Um, Sand is not fragile. No. Sand is fucking sand. Exactly. You but, can't break sand. But but here's what it's I it's sand. Here's what I was trying to say. <laughs> we just spent this whole scene talking about how fucking brilliant Lennon is, right? And we talk about how brilliant his lyric writing skill is, and then it ends with me with Nikon saying it changed his life and Norman going, It changed mine, and then bam, my shit. How egotistical is that? Yeah, you're pretty terrible. I am. But like the fact that I thought I could be uh, in the same whatever universe as John Lennon. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. Like, uh, I know I wasn't consciously thinking that, but it's still. Yeah, I feel bad about being alive at the same time as him. <laughs> like, I feel like, oh, sorry, man, I didn't mean to bring down your last couple of years on Earth. Um, cut to interior, Kristen's hallway, night. Kristen's front door opens, and Norman steps out. Behind him, in only a t-shirt, is Kristen with a big smile on her face and must hair. Baby, do you have to go? <laughs> Baby, do you have to go? You walked into the door. <laughs> She's already at the door. <laughs> I told Nike I'd go to Perk with him. He's been having some girl tr- troubles lately, and he needs a friend. Kristen gently rubs Norman's crotch and leans in close. I need a friend, too. She licks his lips. Be my friend. Norman puts a finger to her lips and takes a small step back. The friend you want is a bit sore right now. Damn it, Norman. You spend so much time with that moron. Why can't you just stay a little longer? I told you. He's a bit depressed right now and he needs a friend. He's always depressed. It's like a walking buzzkill. Okay, that's enough, sweetie. He gives her a nice passionate kiss i'm going to my friend now but maybe i'll stop back later okay i guess that's fair good see you later i love you see ya Kristen goes in and closes the door cut to Kristen's a cunt <laughs> interior perk night norman and icon are sitting at a small round table near the serving counter of perk which is toward the back oh great now we have Huh? Now we have Howie in here, except he's Dominic. We named a character Howie and then named a character based on Howie Dominic. Do we have... Oh, this is confusing me now. But uh, I'll think, read Dominic. I think we can do it. Right, no, you, you be Dominic. Okay. Because uh, he's mostly interacting with Norman here. Um, Norman actually- and Icon are sitting at a small round table near the serving counter of Perk, which is toward the back. By the look of the place, an honest health inspector has never set foot through its door. The patrons have a general inclination toward either black clothes or the billowy skirts and blouses of the modern hippie. Near the door, looking more than a little out of place in this environment, is a table of four young men dressed in polo shirts and button-up sweaters. A small Jewish man... So basically the jocks have, have entered into hipster domain. Yeah. 
A small Jewish man, Dominic, approaches Norman and Nikon's table, setting a cup of coffee in front of each of them. Norman, Nikon, how you fellas doing tonight? I'd say we're doing pretty good right now, Dom. Good to hear. Dominic turns at the sound of loud laughter erupting from the table at the frat boys. I need to come up with a voice for Dominic. What the fuck? How should I do him? Just try to do Howie. Yeah, but you're... Okay, yeah, because you're doing Howie as Peter Falk, so... Yeah. I don't really remember how Howie talks. All right. I'll keep trying. Listen, you uh, you fellas know those guys over there? Norman and Icon both look at the table, then at each other, shaking their heads. Can I do them as Never dice? Hmm? Can I do them as dice? Tone it down, and yes. All right. I, I just don't want his lines to take forever. <laughs> Hickory dickory duck. Who are those fucks over there? <laughs> <laughs> Never seen them. They causing trouble? Nah, just not the type I usually get in here. Ah, well, money's money, right? With that, Dom goes back behind the counter. Norman and Nikon, both glancing again at the frat boy table, look back at each other. This is the scene that I was referring to, by the way. We'll yeah. see if it holds up. Yeah, we, yeah you're, we were proud of your version of this, weren't we? They are kind of polluting the atmosphere here. At least we can't hear them from here. Probably sports talk made up of more numbers than words. Fucking morons. I still feel that way. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Interior perk, favoring frat boys. Sitting at this table are Jared, Nat, Kyle, and Kristen's new paramour, Steve. They're all laughing and drinking beer and, as Norman surmised, talking sports. What are you talking about? They're 15 and 21. That's 15 and 2. Oh. <laughs> what are you talking about? They're 15 and 2. Yeah, and Dallas is 7 and 0, and their new running back already has over 1,000 yards under his belt so far this season alone. Well, both of you shut the fuck up. What's your problem? Steve motions to the table where Norman and Nikon are sitting. Check out who it is. Uh, uh-oh. It's the vampires. <laughs> laughter erupts from the group. Let's let's do the group's laughter. Scoff, scoff. Steve quiets them with a wave of his hand. He has the force, apparently. <laughs> No, no, look look at the one on the right. That's that sorry piece of shit Kristen's fucking. I thought you were the sorry piece of shit that Kristen's fucking. The group once again erupts. That it's, he's actually right. Yeah, well, yeah, that is true. That's the boyfriend, and he's the guy that she's fucking. Yeah. But it was a good burn. Yeah. The group once again burns in, uh, erupts burns. into a fit of laughter. Steve smiles. Bitch, I'm the god that Kristen's fucking. Still more laughter at this, and Steve high-fives Kyle. We didn't like Kyle at this point. I guess not. He I'm stopped gonna... hanging out with us so he could try to get laid, remember? Yeah. Anyway. I'm going to go um, tell him how lucky he is to get my sloppy seconds. Standing, he goes through a round of reverent frat boy handshakes and high-fives <laughs> before walking toward Norman and Nikon's table. I, I feel like the handshakes are probably not accurate. Yeah, I don't think anyone's shaking hands. <laughs> They're not making business deals. <laughs> Jolly good, old man. You go tell him what for. <laughs> Righto. Um, 
before walking toward Norman and Nikon's table. Interior perk, favoring Norman and Nikon. So what did, what did you do while I was at Kristen's? Well, John Lennon inspired me. So you went to Sterling's? No, it was too far to walk just to get shot down, so I called her. Steve walks up to their table, but the duo never even glances up at him. And what's going on there? We didn't really talk about, you know. But she promised we would we could get together and talk soon. Well, that's a start. Hi. Hi. Maybe you didn't notice me ignoring you. What the fuck do you... Wait, let me start that up. Say hi again. Hi. Hi. Maybe you didn't notice me ignoring you? The fuck do you want? Nikon busies himself doodling on a napkin. You're Norman, right? You went to Township of Hayden? What are you, a fan? <laughs> Man, you were so fucking sad. You're right. My fan club used to have a higher quality of people. I got a, I got a fan club too, you know. Congratulations. Goodbye. President of my fan club is your girlfriend. Nikon looks up from his doodle to Norman, who just stares coldly at Steve. By the time you were fucking her, or I'm sorry, by the time you were walking to her place today, she was wrapped around my cock, telling me she wished her boyfriend was half as good as me. So if she calls you Steve, it's just wishful thinking. Wishful thinking? Wishful thinking is the thought she'll ever want to see you again. She said you were in she said you were good and oh god let me, I, got, I lost my place wishful thinking wishful thinking is the thought she'll ever want to see you again she said you were good in bed to make you think your infant dick is more than it is she's real charitable that way but she's done her good deed for this year so I don't think your phone will be ringing me she keeps around because I got a huge fucking dick you know I'm gonna whip it out and smack you around a little with it or you're gonna go sit back down with your closeted girlfriends over there Damn, you are one clueless little bitch. Just remember when she screams my name, how pathetic you are. He goes back to the frat pack. Norman is seething. Veins stand out on his forehead. His jaw clenches and unclenches noticeably. Nikon looks concerned. Uh, you okay? Sure. Why wouldn't I be? From across the shop, the frat pack all start chanting in mock orgasm. Steve! Steve! Oh, Steve! Steve harder. harder! It's funny Norman how they stands. all knew that in unison. Huh? <laughs> they all knew exactly what to say in unison. <laughs> Obviously, it would be ad lib, yeah, but right. I didn't put that because I didn't know that much. Right. Norman stands, fished. Fished. Yeah. <laughs> Norman stands, fists clenched at his sides, but before he can advance, Dom is standing halfway between him and the jocks. Get the fuck out. Your business ain't welcome here. Hey, get the fuck out. Business Why'd you welcome. add an extra get the fuck out? Because I realized I wasn't doing it like dice. Oh, okay. Start over. Say it again. Hey, get the fuck out. Your business ain't, wel ain't welcome here. And if we want to finish our coffee... Yeah, you gonna call the cops? If I do, it'll be to report a shooting. Dominic opens his vest to reveal a thirty-eight in his shoulder holster. Let's go. This guy's coffee sucks anyway. Pretty sure they were drinking beer. Yeah. With that, the frat pack leaves. 
Norman glares after them, jaw and fists clenched, knuckles white. Norman, let's go home, man. Sure, sure. I just have to do one thing first. Flip this fucking table. Cut to interior, Kristen's apartment, night. Kristen's door. A hand comes into frame and pounds on the door. After a moment, Kristen opens it, dressed in a t-shirt and boxers. When she sees Norman, who was the owner of the pounding hand, she smiles. I'm back already? No, you couldn't resist me. Sure. Who's Steve? What? You heard me. Steve. Tell me a story. He walks right past her on into the apartment and has a seat on the couch. What kind of story do you want? I want a story about a guy named Steve. I don't know anybody named Steve. Norman stands up, glaring at her. Don't fuck with me, Kristen. Who the fuck is Steve? She says nothing. Let me help. Tall guy, dark hair, fuck my girlfriend this afternoon. Sound familiar? Norman. What the fuck do I have to do? What can make you be a good girlfriend? Anything? Is there anything at all? Or is this just always going to happen? I... Shut the fuck up. Just shut up. I don't want to hear any of your goddamn excuses. I'm a good guy. No, you're not. I'm a good boyfriend. No, you're not. You're just a dick-craving slut. Finally got one. (laughs) Kristen starts crying. Norman, please. Please what? You want my dick now? He goes over to her and sandwiches her between him and the wall. You want me to, <laughs> you want me to fuck you? It's so melodramatic. Yeah. You want me to fuck you? I'll fuck your goddamn brains out. Come on, you want that? You want me to fuck you so hard that no other dick will ever do? Will that make you faithful? Will that teach you some fucking fidelity? He's going to fuck her into being, f- into being faithful. <laughs> Kristen is now bawling uncontrollably. Norman releases her and she drops to her knees. Technically, yeah, of Norman, course she does. Technically, Norman's bawling too. Oh, look at you <laughs> with your double entendres. I know. I'll be here all week, folks. She drops to her knees. Mm-hmm. I, I, I just. Norman looks down at her, rage in his eyes. Kristen looks up at him, tears streaming down her face. Norman, you're scaring me. God damn it, you fucking piece of shit. <laughs> Norman's face By immediately way, lightens and he <clears throat> drops to her side. We got her character wrong here too because it, she really would be totally into this. If he just did this, he would. she'd be all about it. Mm, not really. This is Han Solo saying, I love you too. No, 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 no. Actually, this is this is good characterization because she's manipulating him. Oh, she know like she would totally be into that if it weren't so rage filled. So if if she was like, yeah, fuck me, and he fucked her, he'd walk away and never see her again. But she wants to keep him around for some fucking reason. But because she is, then she has to put on the fucking tears in order to keep him. She wants him around because he's the constant dick. I mean, she's yeah. a, she's a fiend. When, she, yeah. When it's too hard to like actually go out and find a dick, yeah, she can just like, oh, be- here's this dick that I, I have. I believe later on he refers to himself for, for her as a dick in a glass case. I could be wrong though. Maybe 
Um, Norman's face immediately lightens and he drops to her side. I, I'm sorry. She embraces him tightly, crying. Crying. Uh, yeah, sorry, I yawned. Sure, Cut to exterior street, night. Nikon is walking down the street, his nose in a book. Can you guess what book? <laughs> I'll give you one guess, Catcher in the Rye. <laughs> a car creeps up slowly behind him and honks its horn loudly. Nikon jumps and whirls around. Hey, wait, am I Michelle? Yeah, I'm yeah. Michelle. Hey, sweetie. Jesus, you scared the hell out of me. You seem too absorbed in your book. I thought I'd bring you back to the real world. Thanks. You have now reminded me that heart attacks exist. Drama queen, get in. Where are we going? It's a surprise. Like the last one? Just get in. What's the last one? Oh, when he, she made him jump, I get it now. Yeah, there you go. That's right. Works Pay in attention, layers. Trevor. Works in layers. Nikon gets in and they drive off. Cut to interior, Kristen's apartment. I did not expect them to drive there. Oh, that's, yeah, that's weird. Yeah, they didn't. Um, Norman is still on his knees on the floor. He has a blank expression on his face, and Kristen is still wrapped around him, though he does not return the embrace. Uh, excuse me. Uh. After a moment, Kristen slowly disengages and looks sullenly at the floor. Why, Kristen? I don't know. Yes, you do. You do. It's hard, Norman. It's so hard to be good when all those these guys are always hitting on me, you know? I mean, they make me feel good for a little while. They always seem too busy. Did I seem too busy when I was on the way over here to see you? I mean, that's when you fucked Steve, right? He came over last night and... And you fucked him last night. Let him sleep over, then fucked him again right before I came over? Kristen remained silent, fidgeting with the carpet. Jesus Christ. Why do you even bother having me around? I obviously mean nothing to you. That isn't true. Look, just give me one more chance, please. I'll be good to you. You've been trying to be good to me, and I need to do the same. She touches his face gently. He flinches slightly, as if to pull away, but allows it in the end. Jesus. I just... When these guys come over and hang out, they start off just flirting... But it gets to be more than flirting, and before I know it... She casts a glance at the doorway to the bedroom. You fucked them. God, that sounds so bad. It is bad. I love you, Kristen. When you fuck these guys, it crushes me. You're my girlfriend. Two and a half years we've been together. How am I supposed to trust you? Please try. One more time, that's all. I don't deserve it, but I'm asking. I don't want to throw away those, those two and a half years. <sighs> Neither do I. He takes her into his arms. They stay embraced like that for a moment, and then she creeps up slowly to whisper in his ear. Love me. She moves his hand to her breast, and they begin to kiss. Look, I seriously want to open a wormhole into this universe and go <laughs> stab both of them to death. <laughs> How awful would it be to think that there's a world where people talk like this and act like this? Jesus Christ. Be, be way worse than Pleasantville. Way worse. I mean, 
look, if 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 I were to jump into this universe and murder them both right there, <laughs> and then Nikon were to hear about it, he would be like, I'll get over it. <laughs> like, nobody would mourn either of these assholes. Yeah, that's very true. They're not good people. Nikon's not that great either. And I mean, if you're going to write bad people, at least write bad people that you love to relish in the badness of like yeah. always sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah, exactly. Or those are all terrible people or master shake on, uh, adult swim on, uh, Aquaten, yeah. Aquaten, yeah. Aquaten, of course. Yeah. Not just these fucking God awful yeah. shit. Ah, yeah. Sorry. You, you can, I guess, I guess you the can audience be, you doesn't can be, need me to say what they're already saying. Cause you can be, you can be awful, but you can't be unlikable. And these characters on top of being awful are not likable. That's yeah. the real problem. I right, continue with uh, Michelle Studio Night. Yeah, interior Michelle Studio Night. Nikon and Michelle enter a large studio space that is splattered with paint of all colors. Uh, Michelle's an artist, everybody. <laughs> see, that's why she's so. And she she's can. She's aff- an artist. You get it? Yeah. See, she probably uh, helped design Robert's Domain on some level. I bet you. I bet she didn't, or it wouldn't look like shit. Oh, good point. Canvases of varying sizes are leaned in groups against walls. A few on easels. This is the surprise. I've been here. I thought you were taking me to Disney World or something. No, I want to show you something. Nikon looks around at the immediate area. What is it? Are you in a rush? Why don't you sit down and have a cup of coffee first? I just left the coffee shop. I got like eight pages left in Catcher in the Rye. I want to finish it. Michelle looks slightly apprehensive, chewing on her lower lip. You love that fucking move. What the hell? What movie was it that fucking you saw where the girl did that where you just came in your pants? Probably anything with Drew Barrymore at the time. Yeah, fair enough. Um, <laughs> Drew Barrymore is played by Mia Kirshner in the Crow City of Angels. Yeah. You have a line of dialogue. Oh, no, I, I do. God, I'm fucking dumb. Michelle yeah. looks slightly apprehensive, chewing on her lower lip. Okay. I'm just not sure if you'll like it. What is it? It's my latest piece. It'll be going in my next show. Okay, let's see it. Michelle goes to one of the easels and takes the canvas off, carrying it to Nikon so that the painted side faces away from him. She turns it around to reveal a painting of seven dicks in her mouth. <laughs> seven. Because <laughs> seven's a lucky number. So. <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, she turns it around to reveal a painting of a figure in black and gray sitting in a chair and reading a book whose cover is in bright reds and yellows. Seven dicks in her mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so she reveals a a picture of basically Nikon. Reading Catcher in the Rye. Yeah. Because Catcher in the Rye is traditionally red and yellow. Of course. Is that that me? Hold on. The figure is surrounded by a lot of white canvas. Okay. Is that me? It's called... The quiet type. Is it me? No. 
<laughs> Michelle nods. Well, it's supposed to be anyway. It's great. Do I look like that? Yes. Two dimensional. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. I tried to paint your personality more than anything. <laughs> you should have just had the whole fucking... You should have left the canvas empty. <laughs> Nikon looks at the painting in a contemplative way. Cut to interior, Kristen's apartment, night. Norman and Kristen are having sex in Kristen's bed. Because the writer was not getting late at this point and really, really wanted to at least act it out. Yeah, both the authors, both of the authors. Let's be honest. Yeah, Uh, they're having sex in Kristen's bed, drenched in sweat. Norman doesn't look to be enjoying a moment of it. He's like, "Fucking bitch!" bitch. Yeah, there's my dick. Whatever. Um, that wasn't in the script. Sorry. Uh, doesn't look to be enjoying a moment of it. His face is snarled into a grimace of contempt, and there's nothing central about the way he performs. It is pure, raw, angry sex. He wishes his dick was a knife. (laughs) He thrusts into her as if trying to abuse her from the inside out. Kristen loves it. She screams in delight. Norman gets all the rougher for it, his teeth clenching as he thrusts ever harder, sweat now running down his face. This is the face that Jack the Ripper wore when he killed. That's fucked up. Yeah, in a, in a weird, but it's not fucked up. Like ooh, it's like ugh, that's fucked. Yeah, up. yeah plus I'm writing. pretty sure Jack the Ripper, being a sociopath, probably just had like blanket. Jack the Ripper wasn't face. angry at his girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna kill these prostitutes because my girlfriend fucked Steve. <laughs> Cut to interior. There were Steves back then. Yeah, yeah. Cut to interior. Michelle's studio night. Nikon and Michelle are sitting on the couch, listening to jazz and sipping on hot chocolate. You know, I, I feel like at some point we must have discussed like, well, she said she wouldn't cheat with Hank again. So that's <laughs> why it was Steve. Yeah. Um, Nikon and Michelle are sitting on the couch, listening to jazz and sipping on hot chocolate. Do you think Norman and Kristen ever just sit around like this and hang out like friends? How great is it to just cut from that? After they're fucking, <laughs> <laughs> Do you think they hang out with friends. Well, friends that are perpetually joined at the genitals. That's kind of sad. I mean, what's the point of being with someone if you can't just enjoy their company? I wouldn't like a boyfriend who I wouldn't be comfortable just sitting around and doing nothing with. Kristen's not the type to do nothing. She's the type to do everyone. Good night, folks. Don't. If she's not doing something, she's having someone do something to her. That's repulsive. Norman can do so much better. Well, with any luck, he's dumping that bitch as we speak. He's dumping his load in her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that cum dumpster. <laughs> what happened? The way you said that. What happened? He got a couple wake-up calls today. She cheated on him again? That was wake-up number two. Before that, he had something of an epiphany. He's probably dumping her right now, and then maybe he'll come knocking on your door. 
because that's how that works in real life. You fucking idiots that wrote this years ago. <laughs> that's not as important as just getting away from her. He's obviously not happy. <laughs> Cut to Norman Coming. ejaculating like a champion. <laughs> 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 This is a dark comedy. <laughs> He's um, obviously not happy. Holy shit. What? You really love him. Yeah, I really do. And it really sucks. Nikon lies down on the couch, putting his feet up on Michelle's lap. Well, I think tonight is the beginning of a new page for Norman. I can yawn loudly. <sighs> Go to sleep, Nike. Cut to interior, Chris, interior, Kristen's apartment, night. Norman tiptoes out of the bedroom wearing only a pair of pants and carrying a knife. Uh, his journal. <laughs> carrying his journal. <laughs> You're making him into a psychopath. <laughs> He walks into the kitchen, grabbing a pen off the breakfast bar and sitting down at a small dining room table. He opens the journal, turns to the last entry, and begins writing. The contents of the journal entry are expressed through half-transparent overlays of Norman's handwriting and a slightly echoed voiceover. Speaking of half-transparent. Why? Why the hell do I love her so much? Because you're a fucking idiot. Sometimes I think she is an any good at all really but do i see love in her eyes when i'm not looking or am i looking for love in her eyes and not seeing it <sighs> she cheats she sleeps with other men why why the hell does she do this i see her in my dreams the keeper of the cord hey you remember the cord remember the cord it was in part one he said there's a cord and it's where emotions come from yeah it was really just deep. just shout a out. recap the cord everybody it's really deep shut up We've just forgotten about it for 50 pages. We're back to it now. The cord. Mm -hmm. With every man she fucks, the thickness of his dick is added to the thickness of the cord. Oh my god. We seriously wrote that. <laughs> oh, that's really in the script. Oh, why? Please read it again. <laughs> Please read it again. I'll die. <laughs> okay, let me read it then. <laughs> With every oh, man, God. everything inside my ribcage hurts. Dude, we have no right to ever make fun of the woman that wrote Fifty Shades of Grey. That no, fucking, she's, she can you cannot no kill her. With every man she fucks, the thickness of his dick is added to the thickness of the cord. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Oh, oh! I'm crying. Me too. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, shit.
Oh, for crying out loud. And you have more to do, too. There's more to go. It's a, it, so much douchiness to read through. There's a monologue. This is the middle of a monologue. <laughs> oh, oh, God. Can you man. imagine performing this? I, but that's it, would the, take, it would take all week. <laughs> but we wouldn't have. We would have done it real, like realistically we would have fucking we weren't this wasn't the funny part to us this wasn't this wasn't the he left with his apron on scene (laughs) (laughs) okay um uh, try to recoup uh oh my god dude my whole head is hot now (laughs) the the thickness of his digs adds the thickness of the cord she plugs it in and the current of pain hits that much harder so much unintentional double entendre in that sentence. Plugs it in that much harder. God, will she ever stop? Yo, I don't know. <laughs> Turn off the lights and I'll glow. What the hell was that? <laughs> we were quoting from Ice Ice Baby. Will it ever stop? Yo, I don't know. Oh. <laughs> I don't think we're I'm actually doing that. So it's so sad that you remember the lyrics to Ice Ice. I'll Baby never forget oh. Ice Ice Baby as long as I live. It's right up there with Baby Got Back. Okay. Um, and you can't touch this. She plugs it in. The current of pain hits that much harder. Will she ever stop? I just need someone to unplug the cord, throw it away, cut it up. How can I make her that girl? How can I make her stop cheating? When she, okay, I need to stop for a second and just and say when he got the pen, when he tiptoed out of the room and got the pen and got the notebook, I thought he was going to rip a page out and go, fuck you, bitch, I'm gone. <laughs> but he's still, <laughs> he's still there writing it all. Like, yeah, he's just, just in her kitchen going like, oh, I wish I could make this bitch I just hate fucked love me more. <laughs> and it's a lot to read, so imagine how long he's writing it. He's just sitting yeah. there, standing there like a Well, maniac. he probably didn't stop and laugh at what he just wrote. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because he's a self-important douche, so he, of course he didn't yeah. think it was funny. Uh, throw it away, cut it up. How can I make her that girl? How can I make her stop cheating? When will she realize that I love her and I'm serious about being with her? How can I show her? Van Gogh cut off his earlobe. Hinkley shot Reagan. That's a bit extreme. All my dad had to do was propose. Propose marriage. Marriage. What could be more serious than marriage? (laughs) Better or worse, tell death to us part. A wedding band to stop the current of pain through the ever thickening cord. Oh my god. At the altar, she'll unplug the cord when she says I do. Oh my god. Norman stops writing and looks at the page for a few moments. Apparently racked with the douche chills. Yeah, right. Finally. He grins and closes the journal and walks back into the room where he climbs back into bed with Kristen. Ugh. He's the worst. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, the people that created him weren't doing a great job. Okay, you remember when I said that I wanted to, like, go into this universe and stab both of them to death? I do recall that. I have a much, much worse fate in mind for them now. Oh, yeah. I just want them to end up together forever. <laughs> and make hate babies. <laughs> <clears throat> no, I don't think they're allowed to breed. Um, they should be sterilized. Interior, Michelle's studio, night. Michelle finishes up washing the hot chocolate mugs, goes over to the turntable, 
takes the needle off the jazz record, and goes to turn off the light next to the couch where Nikon is still asleep. She stops with her hand still on the pole chain and looks at Nikon, a small smile playing on her face. So sweet. She covers him up with a blanket and kisses him on the forehead. Good night, Moon. See, they should have been together. They should have hooked up. I was lost. I think they try. Spoilers! Sorry! Mm. Cut to interior. Kristen's apartment. Day. Kristen rubs her vagina on Mark's <laughs> face. Good night, Moon! Good night, Moon! <laughs> Take that pussy! Yeah! <laughs> Couldn't make this script any worse. <laughs> that would have been a great counterpoint. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> interior. Kristen's apartment. Day. Kristen is sleeping alone in the bed while Norman finishes dressing in the background. He leans down and kisses her on the cheek and heads out the door. A smile, a small smile on his face. <laughs> Cut to interior, Randall's Grill, day. Norman walks in and goes to the bar, behind which Randall is calling an order through to Howie in the kitchen. As Randall turns around, Norman greets him loudly. Hi! Randall jumps slightly. I keep for- When I read a line and then there's direction, I keep forgetting I'm supposed to read it. <laughs> Hi! Randall jumps slightly, inciting laughter from Norman. How many times do I have to tell you not to do that? Just a few more, I think. Yeah. You've been saying that for six months. I'm no good with numbers. Randall points to the clock. How about those numbers? You were supposed to be here two hours ago. Well, I would have been here two hours ago if this weren't my day off. Randall looks confused for a moment before turning and yelling into the kitchen. Owie! Is it Norman and Nikon's day off? Yeah, just like seven days ago. And 14 days ago. And 21 days ago. And 28. I thought you were no good with numbers. It comes and goes. Where's my sandwich? Aren't we pushy? Hey, Howie. As he turns to the kitchen window, Howie sets a plate with a sandwich on it down and inclines his head to Norman. Thanks. He gives Norman his food. Here's your damn sandwich. Where the hell are you guys where the hell were you guys this morning? I came up I came by to drop some breakfast off with you guys. I was at my girls. Wait, Nikon wasn't there? If he was, he didn't answer the door. That's odd. Wait, I think he said something about going to see Sterling. Oh, how he pops his head through the order window. The blonde. I he know. Maybe he got hooked up. I'm going to run over to there and see if he closed the deal. He grabs the sandwich off the plate and shoves as much as he can into his mouth as he disappears out the door, <laughs> carrying the rest with him. Like a squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> Randall just stares dumbfounded after him until a customer rouses him. Excuse me, you can stop now. What? Randall notices he's been pouring coffee into a mug until it overflowed all over the counter. Oh, Sorry. I've never seen that in a movie before. That's that's brilliant writing right there. Yeah, right there, yeah. Mm-hmm. The distracted coffee pourer yeah. over pouring the coffee. Brilliant. Fucking, oh, that's gold. Comedy gold. How could anyone ever think of that? Cut to interior, Sterling's apartment. Day. Sterling opens the door to find Norman there. Norman, hi, come on in. Norman walks in, looking around. You want me to play Sterling? Yes, please. Is Nikon here? No, I haven't seen him. Oh, I thought you guys were supposed to hang out. Yeah, but in a couple days. Oh, well, I wonder where he is then. 
<clears throat> While you're here, you think I could talk to you for a minute? Sure. I mean, otherwise, otherwise we would just stare at each other. <laughs> <laughs> Can I get you anything? He sits down on the couch. Oh, yeah. Can I get you anything, Coke, coffee? I'm good, thanks. What's up? She sits beside him. <clears throat> well, it's Nikon. Uh-oh. No, no, there's no uh-oh. It's just that he really wants to go out with me. I really rather we just be friends. I thought you guys were going to talk over that stuff when you hang out. How do you know he won't show you some side of himself that you've never seen before? You're right. This is a shitty movie. That does stuff. That kind of stuff <laughs> does happen. Well, let's consider that a possibility. But let's also consider the greater possibility that my mind won't be changed and I have to break that news to him again. How do I do it? I don't want to hurt him. I really don't. I don't know. I'm too busy thinking about my own shit Yeah, because right. I'm an asshole. <clears throat> Sorry. I don't know. <clears throat> Come on. You know him better than anyone. I really like him a lot, Norman. But he's always... Well, well, there's a comma missing or misplaced comma there, I believe. Come on. You know him better than anyone. I really like him a lot, Norman, but he's always been a friend. He's about the only good friend I've ever had that stuck through the bad times, but somehow we still never got all that close. Norman runs his fingers through his hair with a sigh. Oh, my God. <sighs> Look, try this. Suck his dick. Instead of, instead of telling him how you don't feel about him as a lover, tell him how you do feel about him as a friend. Positive reinforcement. Exactly. You have to keep with the positive with Nikon because he really broods on negative things. So if you have something negative to tell him, do it in a positive way. Hmm. Thanks, Norman. I think that's the best advice I, I've had yet. Which is why I've been doing that the whole time. <laughs> Thanks, Norman. I think that's the best advice I've had yet. But it's going to cost you a favor. What's that? You know, a favor. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, <clears throat> but it's going to cost you a favor. What's that? It's a thing that people do when... <laughs> Hear him out and really think over what he says. He's a good guy. I know. I know he is. Cut to interior, Norman and Nikon's apartment, day. Nikon is killing kittens. <laughs> Nikon is what? <laughs> Nikon's killing kittens. <laughs> In a bad He's way. a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I really love these juxtapositions that we do. <laughs> Nikon comes in, staggering. Sorry, what? I was going to say, this should be called U-Turn the Movie. Yeah. Banging Yui's with Norman and Nikon. We're calling sluts Yui's now? No, meaning that we're going in one direction, then we go in another I, way. I know, I know. Nikon Yui. comes in, staggering slightly and looking bleary-eyed, like a cartoon drunk, apparently. Yeah, right. He walks into his room and puts Catcher in the Rye on a shelf and picks out Gravity's Rainbow. He finished it, everybody! Yay! Dude, if it took him that long to get through Catcher in the Rye, he's going to spend the rest of his life on Gravity's Rainbow. Yes. 
the rest of his life. Do you know what I'm realizing? I don't think anyone's actually ever finished that. I don't think Thomas Pynchon ever finished that book. You know what? I think it's a good place to stop, though, because you're starting to uh, your uh, your your signal starting to go crappy, and we have been doing this an hour, I believe. You know, my timer was going to go off in ten seconds. Oh, really? Yeah. So. So let's. Uh, that's a good point. Yeah. We'll we'll uh, stop with Nikon's a good guy, and he should be heard out. I don't think we've ever laughed. I don't think I've ever laughed that fucking hard at any podcast I've ever done. My head hurts, dude. We laughed pretty hard at uh, Highlander. Yeah, but I mean, I don't think there was a single, one single point where we just laughed for fucking what had to be 15 seconds. That reminded me of high school, that laugh. Yeah, it was, uh, it was Holy some good shit. laughing. It's a good, it's a, it's a really funny line. Fucking, where is it? Let me find it again. Do you remember what it was? Every every guy she fucks, the thickness of his dick is added to the thickness of the cord. <laughs> gross. <laughs> it's just fucking gross. How big is this cord? Jesus. <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah, that's where we're stopping. Um, follow us on Twitter. At the Ferris House. Our websites are FerrisWheelhouse.net, TouchéLDouche.net. Anything you want to promote, Sean? Um, yeah, I'm going to do a website for table reads. I just got to figure it out. So tune oh, yeah. in episode seven. You'll know what our website is. Otherwise, you can find us on the Ferris Wheelhouse SoundCloud page or on iTunes. Just do a search for table reads and find the one that's called Just Table Reads. We'll see you next time on Table Reads. Goodbye. This podcast was created by Sean McBee and produced by Ferris Wheelhouse. Fuck.